All right. Hello. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Someone Talk to Keen. We are here with my guy, my guy, Trouble T. Roy. Troy, what's going on, brother? I'm good, man. I'm good. Just just vibing fresh off uh, the Dallas card show. Can't complain. Living good. I like it. Look, I just want to start by saying very thankful for guys like you in the hobby being in the hobby but also putting out the content that you do you're actually one of the first people that i subscribed to uh when i got into the hobby it was a uh, geff wilson uh card collector too and then you you were the third one so years later it's an honor to be able to have talked with you so many times at shows through dm through text message and now an even bigger honor that i got you here on the podcast and i could pick your brain so thank you my brother Oh, I appreciate that, man. I, I actually, I didn't know that. I didn't know that, that yeah. uh, you subscribed to me first. So that's good to know. That makes me feel good today. Yeah, I saw your video and you were talking, this is when soccer was, I mean, maybe soccer still is big, but you were doing your thing and I was like, oh, this guy's in San Francisco. And then I see more and I'm like, oh man, you're in the, you're in, you're in the Philippines, He's a professional basketball player. I don't want to talk, put words in your mouth, but why don't you give the people that don't know, everybody should probably know who you are, but give a little background about yourself, who you are, what you do. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know about that one. I'll, I'll take the compliment. Um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, my background, geez. Okay. So I played, I've always been a big basketball player. That was a big part of my life growing up. Uh, as you mentioned, I was playing basketball in the Philippines professionally, actually, when I started my channel. Um, and then, yeah, I just, I just started making content. I recently, not recently, it's crazy. Time flies, man. I moved back a little over a year ago. Um, and I've just been full time with the, with the cards and the content and it's been going really, really well. Um, I don't really know what else to say besides that. Uh, but just, that's good. That's what I do. How did you How did you get into the hobby? Um, same story as most people. Like I grew up collecting cards. I, I remember one of like my first memories. It was actually my parents who got me into it. Um, they're like, "Oh, you and your friends like their LeBron James rookie cards are coming out. Like LeBron and Carmelo. You guys, you and your friends should go and just like open some packs. Go to this. We went to a card shop in." Um, san mateo or san bruno somewhere somewhere down south um and then just i was addicted after that i remember watching uh, it's funny because i don't watch a ton of them now but i would watch all the box breaks on youtube like the early days i mean this must have been like 2007 or something like that um but i was just super addicted to it went to like i think it was the tri-star shows going up and then um after that you know normal got got busy with school with life with girls with other things that kind of took my attention as I was growing up um, and then kind of like fell out of the hobby a little bit. And then it was um, two of my buddies, uh, shout out Darius, he works at Alt and uh, my buddy Tristan, they both were on my high school basketball team and they were like super into cards, flipping like, you know, Tatum NTs and like back then, but right, like in 2016, they're handling like Curry NTs, like that those were, it wasn't that crazy back then. That was probably... I mean, I'm gonna be sound ignorant here, but those were like two thousand bucks or something. Anyways, they they had been telling me for a long time, like you gotta get into cards, you gotta get into cards, you gotta get into cards. And then I was just bored um, overseas in the Philippines, and I was like, you know what? I'm not like I'm not gonna get into this to like make money. Like that really wasn't. I know a lot of people got into it, and there's nothing wrong with that. They're like, I'm gonna make money. I was like, I kind of just wanna like sp make sports more exciting for myself again. Um, and I was like, you know, John Collins, my college teammate, I was like, I just want some of his cards. So long story short, I just, it, it, something came over me and I got into it. I finally listened to them. And then I just got obsessed with learning about grading and investing and all this other stuff. This was while you were, while you were in the Philippines? Yep. Yep. That's when I started. 
What's what was the scene like out? I know it's a little bit bigger now, but what was it like out there? Was there a community of collectors in the Philippines during that time? Because this was like you said, seventeen, sixteen. Um, hello, my yep, fault. That might you. have been me. Broke up for no, a second good. there. Um, I caught your question though. Uh, okay. What was it like out there? It was. Um, it was interesting. I, I, I'll i be honest, like even when I was over there, I was handling all my cards were staying in the States. You know what I mean? I was that was like where my activity was happening. Um, but it was cool. There's a lot of like really, really high end cards over there. But um, I think the tough thing for me is just like overseas. I found like people are a little bit higher on comps. And I find that found that especially over there. Um, Basically, long story short, I, I realized very quickly I wasn't going to be doing a lot of wheeling and dealing in the Philippines. But in terms of people who appreciate the hobby and a couple people who just are building these massive, like really cool collections, it was a cool scene out there. I did not think that anything could beat California prices in terms of uh, sports, car <laughs> sports card prices. So to hear that. But I mean, it makes sense because car I feel like cards go to the Philippines and they stay in the Philippines because I get a lot of DMs from collectors and I see some crazy cards yeah. and i can imagine that they're like you know they're picking up these five figure six figure cards and that those are like vault pieces i imagine it's going to mm -hmm. stay there you know what i mean yeah yeah a hundred percent it's 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 interesting and it's funny you mentioned california prices i like i knew that but i never really thought about it like that i was like dang like you know i went to a card show in north carolina and i was yeah. like dang they're easy going with prices over here they're like they'd be like oh what do, what do you what do you think it's worth i'm like i don't know i'd, I'd want to pay 60 bucks on it sure go ahead i'm like wow how, how long like how said, long I, was this this was um this was like last like august or something oh, okay. like that i was i was actually yeah. in town just for my friend's wedding it was a small local show um, and then I was like, dang, like I did some damage in here. I was just like meant to be stopping by and all love to my, you know, I love the shows in the Bay. I love everyone in California. If anything, it's a compliment. Everyone, everyone out here is so sharp, man. It, it's hard to kind of find those opportunities. That's a hundred percent. Everybody in the Bay is kind of like a, yeah, a lot of sharks, but I love it. I will, you know, you kind of iron sharpens iron. You know what I mean? Did they, did they 100%. know you out there in uh, North Carolina? Yeah, a, a couple people did. They're like, wait, what are you doing here? Especially because I, I went to college out there. So people like here, Wake Forest, and I think maybe they gravitate towards my content a little bit. Um, so a, a couple people, a couple people knew me. I mean, that's that's the crazy thing about YouTube. And like, you can probably relate a little bit like, I mean, I don't mean to hype myself up here, but like, I don't think of myself as like a big deal or like, I forget that people really like the number, right? Like mm -hmm. 10,000 views that's 10,000 people who watched you. Like you kind of get numb to it. And like, I don't think of 10,000 as like that many because we're always aspiring to hire, right? And in the grand scheme of YouTube, not to trivialize anyone who's doing anything, but 10,000 is not a lot. But then you, once again, you really think about it, 10,000 people watched you. So like sometimes people come up to me at like Korean barbecue or something like that. And it always shocks me every time. I'm like, wait, people like actually watch my stuff. And uh, yeah, in North Carolina, that happened a couple of times. That's cool, man. I think uh, Justin was saying it, uh, Justin uh, Gamble Gamble, he was saying that like, because mm. he's big time YouTuber in normal YouTube land, but he said yeah. like in, 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 in sports card YouTube, it's the only place where you can have like 5,000 subscribers and people like want to take a picture with you or to, you know what I mean? Or like, or, like have, you, have you to shout them out. I was like, damn, that's true. That goes to show, I guess, how small and concentrated the hobby is. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's also, I think there's different levels to not, not to turn this into full like content creator talk here, but like there's different levels of how people interact and, and connect with you too. 
like I think people feel sports cards a little bit more. Like people know my mm -hmm. PC and like they go on the journey and they're constantly watching versus once again, like no no offense to any of these people, it's a different thing, but like there's people with tick like two hundred thousand TikTok subscribers and like no one would ever record they don't even know like their name or whatever. You know what I mean? It's just kind of a different way versus sports card community is tight knit. Um, and you kind of feel more of that personal relationship, I feel like. Agreed. That's definitely the big positive of it. I do want to talk more about content creation because, man, you are crushing it right now on, um, on I guess, on YouTube in general. But Sports Card YouTube, you're getting like 20,000, 30,000 views. Um, oh, that's pretty strong for like uh, sports card content. You know what I mean? Because I think yeah. we talked a little bit last year at one time. We're like, you know, after a certain point, you, you upload a video and you get 6,000, 7,000 views. Mm -hmm. And it kind of caps at that just for sports card YouTube, which is a good thing. You know, it, it's fine. It is what it yeah. is. But it's kind of hard to break that threshold. Right. Um, so I wanted to know, like, what what goes into your mind when it comes time to create a video? Because a lot of people, I think, from the outside looking in, they think, oh, it's as simple as turning on a camera, up, make a title, and then, you know, like uh, maybe take a picture of yourself and then that'll be the thumbnail. Or maybe don't even make a thumbnail, you know what I mean? But there's a mm. lot of, I feel like, in what I've learned is there's a lot of thought in coming in, like how the structure, how the title is going to be structured, what the thumbnail is going to be, um, how long the video should be, what you're going to say, what you're going to leave, what you're going to cut out. And when I look at your videos, um, I mean, it looks like you do put a lot of thought into that type of stuff. Could you walk me through your process a little bit? Yeah, it's funny. I'm not, I'm ready for this one because I was thinking about okay. it. Whenever we talk, we always have really good talks about like content creation and stuff like that, which I really appreciate. So I was like, I, I feel like we're probably going to touch on this at some point. Um, so I'll put you guys on game. This is like my best tips and I think it really will help you. Um, the first thing is when I think about videos now, for the most part, title and thumbnail comes first. Mm. Uh, I know we've kind of mentioned that before. For me, I really think it's that's like 70, 80 percent of the battle. And that's not to say you never want to like lie to your audience. Definitely never lie. Um, but that'll that's going to help you a lot. If you really want to put out high quality content, think about the title and thumbnail first, because that's how you're going to get people through the door. You know what I mean? So if it's um, I don't even know, like one of a video I did um, not too long ago and it, it didn't even do crazy numbers, but like. I, was, I wanted to buy some really iconic sports cards, but I think about, all right, what's the title? What's the title that's going to work? And then I made the title. I bought the top five sports cards of all time and made blank profit. A little bit of intrigue. I'm like, okay, that works. People are going to want to click on that. Let's roll with it. So that's how I do it. I kind of think of what do I want to do? And then I'm like, can I package it into a clean title that's going to entice people? So that's the first thing. Titles and thumbnails. I always tell people, I'm like, that is so, so important. Focus on that. Um, Second would be um, something I'm kind of doing now. And if you're smart about it, you should write this stuff down. But I kind of just think about it. You want to have a loose storyboard in your head. Because um, people think, and I'm not taking myself too seriously. I hate it when people do that with YouTube. I'm not like Steven Spielberg over here. But you are making, it, it is like a movie or a story in a sense, right? Even something as simple as um, I went to the local card shop to search through dollar boxes. You have like hook, like intro, then you kind of have like, tra the so you have a first scene, right? You all think about this in my head. Okay, the first scene is me kind of just talking a little banter with the owner. Main scene is me digging through the dollar boxes. And then the wrap up is, okay, I'm going to show all the cards and then we're going to reveal how much these were worth, or how much profit I made. So I'll think about, think about stuff like that in your head. I think that's the biggest change, um, especially with sports card YouTube is like, 
there has to be a little bit, there has to be like a point to the video. I always want there to be like a little bit of a structure and, and a point to it. Once again, you don't got to make a Spielberg movie out here, but just, just have kind of that structure and that concept in mind and your videos are going to like, I think people are really going to appreciate it. It's uh, interesting you mentioned that too. And, and um, I think uh, Casey Neistat, I know, I'm pretty sure you're familiar with him, like super mm -hmm. YouTube vlogger. He talks a lot about like, he did a vlog every single day for like 500 days straight. And yeah. in every video he wanted to put, he's also a filmmaker at heart, put the thought mm -hmm. process of beginning, middle and end to follow yeah. the three act structure of, of a mm -hmm. video, which like, I mean, a lot of times, like for me, I'm guilty of it as well. Like I just go and I just turn on the video and whatever happens, happens because like I'm really, I'm trying to get better with YouTube, but for me, YouTube is more like um, uh, um, uh, an advertisement for the business of selling sports cards, right? So I don't have mm -hmm. that at the forefront when I'm filming. My, my, my forefront is, you know, making deals and whatnot. But the three-act structure is undefeated, right? I mean, like there's a yep. reason why movies have been doing that for hundreds of years. And you know what I mean? Like something as simple as I think like, I forgot what book it was. I think it's called like Something to Kill a Cat. It talks about how every single movie, blockbuster movie, follows a certain formula almost down to the page Correct. when something happens. You know what I mean? So it, it, it's, it's human, it's human uh, uh, consumption, right? We want to have be attached to a story. We want to have a payoff. We want to have some intrigue. Otherwise, it's... That's the difference between a video that gets 100 views and a video that gets, you know, 100,000 views. You know what I mean? So I love Correct. hearing you kind of break it down that way. Yeah, and, and you you kind of mentioned it. I, I did so in Dallas. I just did the same thing, right? In an ideal world, you want to have the concept and then you kind of have the acts laid out. But I just kind of turned on the camera and filmed, right? But you can do it after the fact, right? Like I just kind of did what we do, just making deals, blah, blah, blah. And then I kind of thought about what footage I had and I was like, okay, what's, what's kind of the story of this day right here It's coming out soon. I sold, um, I sold some cards to uh, Jeff Wilson at cards HQ. He wasn't there, but like, you know, their oh, it's store not, or whatever. It's not pronounced Geff? No, oh, okay. <laughs> I did catch that though. I, I, I like that. Um, but I was like, okay, what was the kind of like the theme of like this or what kind of theme? I was like, oh, you know, um, I, I didn't spend as much money. As I wanted to at the show or like I was a little I'm not gonna say tapped but I just I knew I had to I knew I had to sell some stuff and I couldn't just let the cash completely fly so I'm like okay that's kind of the struggle uh, that's kind of the struggle right that's the story so it's like okay I came there I knew I couldn't spend as much as I wanted to but then I was able to sell some cards and then I took that money and then I was able to buy so it's like once again that's not the, the greatest story anyone's ever heard but there's kind of you see that there's kind of a flow to it and I can package that into a title that makes sense for people, you know. See, but that that also is even a lot better than day one at the Dallas Card Show. You know what I mean? Correct. Or like, you know what I'm saying? Correct. There's there's because there's gonna be a lot of those. You know what I'm saying? So I think that's great advice. That, that yeah, if you got hopefully you guys wrote this down. That's great advice that Troy's giving. And something I always say too is pay attention to the things that you like and the people that you like. If you stayed and watched a Troy video for the whole 15 minutes. Then you should understand, like, well, why did I not click away? Why did I not stop and go do something? What did he do that, that captivated me? You know what I mean? And I don't know. I think that's great advice. Great. This is a lot of free game that you're giving. For all the, the content creators out there, I think one of the biggest questions we get is about YouTube, how to content, you know. Beyond, like, collecting cards, once you get into, like, YouTube land, a lot of questions come up about that. And I think Troy kind of, like, laid it out perfectly. So, yeah, listen yeah. to him, man. I and I, I got one more thing. Now I'm really go cooking. I'll leave it with this Let's last go. thing, though. Let's go. You got to have cook. the first <laughs> the first kind of goes into the se second thing. You have to have a, a healthy insecurity about YouTube, mm. right? Like you think a lot of, about the new people, right? They're like, Psh, 
everyone would love to watch my Dallas day one. I'm the man. You right, can't think right. like that. <laughs> like if you're, you got to believe in yourself, bro. And don't sure. be like up there like, oh, no one wants to watch me. But if you just put out Dallas day one and no one kind of knows who you are, it's going to be really, really tough. You got I, you got to put yourself in the shoes of like, who the heck is this dude? Why would I click Correct. on his video? What's different? Why would I not just go watch a Mojo vlog? Or why would I not just go watch Roth cards or something like that? It's like, what are you going to do that's different? And also, if you saw this and you didn't know who the heck you were, be honest with yourself. Would you click on this? Because the minute you once you start thinking like that, you're going to you're going to ramp up a lot quicker. 100 percent. Super like amazing advice. Now, this is all like super. Like deep content creation. Like this is stuff they teach in schools, man. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. You don't have a content creation background. You don't have, I mean, you have a content creation, you don't have a videography background or video production background. Correct. Where did this all come from? Um, well, the, the healthy insecurity just came from having that in general my whole life. Okay. <laughs> the, the insecurity <laughs> I didn't have to develop. Um, but no, I mean, I, I think, well, I do have like a marketing background. So that's definitely okay. like part of it. Like my internships were like always like graphic design. And we always learned about marketing in school and like some of that step, stuff is definitely applicable. Like we always did um, SWOT analysis. I remember that in marketing school. What's that again? Strength, strengths, weaknesses, opportunities. I think it's threats or something like that. But basically when you're, I did a lot of like brand marketing classes and you want to think about the, the industry. Like if you're going to create, um, like we were creating companies, right? And someone would be like, oh, I'm going to make a chocolate bar. And then our teacher would be like, okay, what are you doing that's better than Hershey's? And then everyone was like, uh, uh, ours, ours tastes good. Really? <laughs> better than Hershey's? Let's say it does. How are you going to convince people it does? Well, I, I don't know. I don't know. And then it's like, all right, you better think of a different product, right? So I think like a lot of that, that marketing stuff, analyzing the scene, right? That's, that's one thing I think I am pretty good. I'm, I'm always analyzing the, um, the YouTube scene. You want to you want to look at what are other people doing? Okay, maybe my editing, I can't edit as good as him. I can't do production value like Jeff Wilson right now. What can I do? I'm not I can't just copy his videos. What can I do that's a little bit different that maybe people will appreciate, you know? Um and yeah. that goes into sports cards too. I, I think about that like that like a lot of I've had a lot of success with um Formula One, you know? Mm. Like and you also just strength strengths and weakness weaknesses. I'm not good I'm not a good negotiator. I'm really not. Like I see these kids who are going and like the repack game, I can't move like that. That's just not something I'm good at. I'm not good at talking people down. I'm not good at, I don't like getting rejected. Um, I don't like, you have to be okay with pissing people off once in a while. That's Ooh, not something. There goes that's, that, there goes the, this goes that healthy <laughs> insecurity again. Let's go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I'm not good at that. So I'm like, okay, what is going to be something I'm successful with? I'm like, I think I'm pretty good at, um, I don't know, like that finding opportunities. I'm like, let me go and try grading some cards that other people aren't really talking about or, or don't really know about. So, um, yeah, I just kind of look at everything that way. I'm, I always like I'm analyzing things, you know. Another thing that you, uh, one of my favorite videos of yours is uh, the one where you did, you were flipping low end cards like to, for, for profit, mm -hmm. like buying like one oh, $5 yeah. cards and flipping those for profit. Are you still doing that? Oh, yeah. Big time. Yeah. Big time. And, on, and, it's, eBay, and it's going right? really. Yeah, yeah, I was just thinking about, I've been doing a lot of like self-analyzation, evaluation going into this year. It's like, okay, what are you good at? What are you, and and with selling cards, I'm like, yo, like 
these low end cards, this is my sweet spot. I was like grading mm -hmm. and low end cards. Yep. It works for me. Yep. I'm just going to keep doing it. Um, and I, and I've bumped it up a little bit now. Like you, you learn things along the way before I was like dollar box, all right, dollar box sell for five bucks. And I was like, okay, this is kind of, I've kind of maxing out here. It's not quite the return on my time I want. Now I'm focusing more on like the, the five, like I want to spend like two to $5 on the low cards. And then you have a good chance to sell like them for 20. I'm like, okay, sure. here's where I can really keep, get things cooking. So that's really, I, I, I kill it with those buying them for, you know, they'll have them stickered at like five, buy them in bulk, get them for like three. And a lot mm -hmm. of those are like solidly $20 buy it now cards. And you can, you can get it moving with that. How, um, how many are you like shipping out per week? How many are you listing per day? Um, listing per day, it, it, it depends. I do it usually in bulk. I would say I'm listing at least once a week. I'll say on okay. I average, maybe like, I don't know. I just, depend. I, I couldn't tell you. I can tell you though, how many I've sold in the last 90 days. Um, it's not an absurd number, but, uh, 534 cards. I mean, that's a good amount. Um, yeah. so nothing, I would say I, I sell on average. I, I can't, I can't do the math right now, but you know, I'm shipping like five to 10 packages every day. Um, and are, are you doing yeah. the, uh, is it first class or is it that standard envelope? Um, standard envelope. Is standard it really? Envelope. Wow. Um, I'll put some, I, I think I'm giving out too much game in this too. Um, but we can, people, we, we can, we can, we can charge for the game. It's all good. We, can, we should, <laughs> we we're switching over to up. Patreon, right? This next, but yeah, with standard envelope and people trip all the time about like, Oh man, what if it gets lost and, and stuff gets lost? Um, and to be fair, like uh, counterpoint, you, you're going to have to deal with like once in a while, you'll get a, a Hulk who gets really mad or I've never gotten, I don't think a negative for stuff being lost, but maybe that's something you could deal with. But the point is, even if it gets lost, eBay covers the whole thing. Yep. So, yep. so I have cards get lost. eBay will, will cover that whole thing. So if you're, if you're worried about that, um, you don't have to worry. So yeah, eBay standard envelope has been a game changer because once again, I buy those cards for two bucks. I sell them for 15 buy it now with $1 shipping. People are like, oh, 16 delivered? Whatever. I don't care. Just give, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. that's where you can have a lot of success. See, and I love that, man. This is like where how, how I made my bones was flipping like the lower end stuff to the, to the high. You could even yep. follow the YouTube channel like trend. It was like I was buying like 25 cent, 50 cent dollar cards in by the bulk and then flipping those, you know, one mm -hmm. box, I'll pay 200 for it. By the end time I'm done with it, it's a thousand dollars. You know what I mean? And yeah. like, it's all about just putting in the work for it. And Troy has a really good video about how to list and, and sell lower end cards uh, on YouTube. Cause people always ask me that type of stuff. I'm like, like Troy said himself, $2 into $16, multiply mm -hmm. that a hundred times. You've spent $200 and made 1600. What sports card out there in the showroom floor graded can you buy for two hundred dollars and sell for sixteen hundred dollars? It doesn't exist. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, or even like, and, I, and once again, it's it's different for for everybody. And like, I, I don't want to like mess up my own thing, but like a lot of these younger kids in the Bay, like I see them killing themselves to make five dollars flipping at a show. <laughs> and there and there is something to be said for because you make that five right away and then you can use right. that five to make ten or whatever it is. Yep, but yep. I don't know. Once again, if, if if I was them, I would I would just make my fifteen bucks on a two dollar card. I, I for me I think that's easier. But you know, once again, what do I know? And I know a lot of these people do make a lot of money just kind of flipping already graded cards for like five percent, ten percent, but doing yeah. it really quickly. So it, there's, it's, everyone it's totally can fine. do something different ways. 
totally fine, but I think there there's a there's a, a bigger audience of people. Like I get a, a, a request that I get a lot is, you know, I think me and Brian did a video back in the day about like, hey, with a two hundred dollar budget, what could you do? Some people are asking mm -hmm. like, hey, you should do a twenty dollar budget because that's the type yeah. of like appetite and the type of like budget. You know, it, it's fun, it's sexy to buy like a Halan this, a Pele that, a LeBron Auto this, but like. What what demographic does that you know? How big is that audience for that? Not in terms of who could you sell it to, but also who really could relate to that. You know what I mean? That's that's actually a really good idea. We might have to do a collab or something because I bet I'm thinking about quick flipping at a show, right? If you took twenty dollars and you really locked in on the dollar boxes, you're like, I'm only gonna buy it if there's a seven or ten dollar comp, right? Yeah. And I bought and I brought them to you, right? I'm like, okay, seven dollar comp, six dollar comp, seven. I'm like. Give me give me two dollars per card or something like that. Right. Even give me a dollar fifty per card. I bet you you could probably and you'll find at least one like fifteen dollar card or something sure. in those dollar boxes. You could probably turn that twenty into fifty. You know, even yeah. just selling to another dealer without doing all the eBay and shipping and stuff. That'd be that's a good idea. I'm curious. I think you could do some damage with twenty if you really put your mind to it. We should do that. We should try. We should start with a twenty. And then just see how far we could. Maybe it might be like over the course of a, a few weeks, maybe a, a, over a summer or something like that. You know what I mean? We'll start with the 20. Yeah. Let's track it and let's see what could end up at, at, at the end of a summer. You know what I'm saying? That That'd be, be really fun. good. I've, I've yeah. wanted to do that for a while. I think it, it's like managing that and, and, keep, and tracking all that and like keeping yeah. it kind of separate would be, yep. would be tough. But if you, if you were willing to put in that effort, that'd be an amazing series. Yeah, that'd be pretty fun. We'll talk about that for sure. Um, yep. You you started setting up at shows, uh, to my surprise, after I'd known you. I thought you were always at shows, but you kind of like started, <laughs> I think it was like a year and a half ago. It was at Hayward at that, um, yeah. the uh, at Dion show in Hayward. Um, True. What have you learned since then as a dealer? Oh, man. How much, how much time do we have? I've learned so much. It's crazy you say that because it feels like I've been doing this forever, but like actually setting up at shows, you're right. It's been, I think, less than a year and a half. Um, I would say the first thing I learned is it's okay to say no. It's okay As to in. say no. Like um, before when I started, I would have an $100 card and someone would come and try to trade me five $20 cards. Mm -hmm. and, the, and those comps were correct. And I'm like, well, fair is fair. You know, I'm like, <laughs> it, it lines up. Who am I to say no? Um, right, the comps right. are there. Like, it, I always knew. I'm like, all right, I'm not just going to trade someone because they want it. If the numbers don't right. add up, I'm not doing it. But I, but the biggest thing I learned, or even buying, like, not being so hyper fixated on the numbers would be a better way to sum it up, right? Like, sometimes someone's like, all right, this is 70%. I'll sell, or even 65% or even 60%. But I'm just like, I don't want this, though. Like I see the comp and I'm like, I don't want this though. I don't like that comp. Like I'm like, I'm just not gonna do it. Where before I'm like, even seventy percent, I gotta do it, or <laughs> or trade right. Even if it's even if it's not two fifty or fifty dollars, even if it's just straight up trade, I'm just like, nah, I don't want to do that. Or even they're like, okay, I'll throw an extra hundred in. I'm like, wow, this is really fair. But I'm like, no, I don't want to do it though. This isn't gonna this isn't gonna benefit me. I don't like. I I would just rather have this card that I have. So that was the biggest thing, especially once again like. I, 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 wow, self-proclaimed nice guy here, but I think I am a little bit of like, an, I don't like to upset people. So I'm like, oh, okay, I'll just, but now I'm just like, no, I, I don't want to do it. So that's probably one of the biggest things. Um, I would say that's the biggest thing I learned. 
Is that I don't want to upset people because I'm just a nice guy, or I don't want to upset people because I don't want people going on because they because they might kind of know me, and I don't want to like deal with like the uh, oh Troy's a, Troy that Trike Warren Five's a jerk, like you know what I mean? Like is it that? Uh, um, that happens sometimes, but not really in the dealer situation. I don't okay. I don't really like if I'm I I think I will say I'll, I'll big up myself a little bit. I'm like I know I'm nicer or I'm gonna be more fair than. Well, okay, here come the comments where people say it's not true, but I'll, I'll stick with nice. Uh, maybe I won't use the word fair, but I'm nicer than 95% of dealers. So if someone comes up to me like, oh, wow, he was a, he was a real a-hole, I know that's not true about me, so that's not going to bother right. me. The only time I think about that is people will often try to sell me PC cards, yeah. and I'm like, oh, man, like I don't want this, <laughs> or like I don't want this right now, or I'm not really trying to spend money, but I'm like... Dang, like they're gonna be like, I tried to, I tried to sell Troy a card he said he likes. He didn't even want it. That guy's fake or whatever. That's really the only oh, time yeah. I, <laughs> I, I think about it. But in terms of people dealing with me, I don't really trip about that. I'm like, I know I'm, I'm, uh, even if, even if there's a disagreement, I know I'm always fair. I'm never an a hole. You know what I mean? I'm respectful. Like, hey man, I just disagree here. I don't really worry yeah. about people. Or at least so far, I've only, I think I've only ever gotten one comment ever where someone's like, oh, I didn't like how he dealt with me at a show. Ah, okay. That's not too bad. Well, I guess that that's yeah. that's about one. I mean, like even non-YouTubers get at least one. So that's that's actually you know that's actually a a, a good good ratio. Uh, like yeah. like for me, like when when people uh sell me like I always say when people try to sell me a card, I always say look, you got to come with a number. Like always, like you know. And you, I think oh. we talked about it a little bit over DM. You do got to come with a number. And for, if for no other reason. If the card is worth a hundred dollars, like legitimately worth a hundred dollars, everyone yeah. outside of the parties involved will say it's a hundred, and you say, "I'll sell it for one thirty, and I say, "Well, I'll pay eighty, then it's like, "Well, Keen's offering fifty sixty percent of comps, like you know what I mean, and it's like, well, then I don't want to offend people because I don't know where where you're at, so you got to come with a number, you know what I mean, so that's the only regard where I'll just be like where I try to set up that safeguard for myself because the last thing I need is people I don't know making stuff making stories up like you said, you know what I mean. For sure. I think the biggest thing for me with um, not like having people get upset um, is also it's for me, it's all about the attitude. I'm never mm. entitled to anything. Right. Like sure. if I'm offering on someone, even just slip it in real quick. Just be like, hey, I know this is a lot lower than what you wanted. Feel free to say like no. That. I would. I know You asked for a thousand. I could only offer 200. That sounds absurd, right? But even if you, instead of instead of being like, once again, these kids, sorry guys, yeah. being like, a thousand? This is worth like 300. I, I'll do one, two, 200, and you're lucky you're getting that. Then it's like, people are going to, you know what I mean? People are going right, to be right. mad at you. But if yeah, you, yeah. you, you don't have to write a whole sob story and a poem to them, but just be like, hey, I know this is a lot lower than what you wanted. I'm seeing 300. I could be wrong. 200 yeah. is my best. Feel free to go try with someone else. That's what I could do. So, and I yeah. always put things like that. So, even if we disagree, I don't think there's many people who could hear like how I just said and be like, wow, what an a-hole. It's like, no, he, he gave me his number. It is what it is. You know what I mean? Yeah. I like that. A little bit of grace goes a long way. Correct. Correct. But yeah, also like just, that. you get a little numb to it too. I actually, I, I put up a story the other day saying like, all right, guys, you got to send a number. No more. <laughs> no more. Are you interested? And I knew that would kind of rub people the wrong way. And I'm sure there was at least one person actually. Now I'm kind of co contradicting myself. I know for a fact there was one person who thought I was an a-hole because they messaged me about it. And then we went back and forth and we actually worked out a deal. So oh, there, there you go, go on that. But yeah, you, I mean, if you're going to be making content, there's going to be some people, there's going to be people who don't like you and you just, you just get used to it. I'll firmly say you got to come with a number. 
And then if you get upset, <laughs> you get upset. Because I'm always come with a number. Sure. I'm always come right. with a number. If it's up, I'm old school. If it's for sale, it's got to have a number. If not, then it's all good. You well, know what I mean? Also, and I'm, and you know what? I'm just going to, we're just talking about what we want to talk about on yeah, this podcast. Yeah. If people for don't sure. like it, for that's sure. fine. <laughs> a big thing that people forget is who approaches who, right? Yeah. Like, if you're coming to me with the cards, yeah. then you got to put, kind of put the work in. You know what I mean? Right. Like you can't, versus, you can't, you can't sell it to yourself. Correct. They expect you to buy it. And the other one I get, what's your best? What's your best? You got any room here? Wait, as, as a seller this, or as a, as like, if I'm selling a card, gotcha, people okay. will be like, what's your best on this? I'm like, Hey, I'm not going to negotiate. Feel free to make an offer. We'll see if we can right, make right, it right. work. But they just, whatever situation it is, or even, and, and I, God bless this guy. It was super kind. A guy messed out to me. He's like, Hey, I have some of your PC cards, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, they're like five or $10 cards. And then I was like, yeah, just shoot me a message. We can work it out. And then I was, and I was like, he said, I, I was like, okay, for sure. What, what, what do you need for all of them? We'll make it happen. He goes, oh, I don't know. What would you pay? I'm like, come on, man. <laughs> like you reached out. Like that's the thing. Yeah, yeah. If you reach out to me, if I reach out to someone else, I at least have like some sort of, or if I see someone's eBay card, I'll message them. Hey, could you do 1200 off eBay? You know what I mean? Like sure. if you're kind of making that outreach. You have to be the one bringing those numbers. Yeah, and I'll be, uh, I'll be honest too. Like in the hundreds of deals that I've done over DMs, maybe and just in general, maybe you know hundreds in, in life too. Yeah. You could kind of know off of the rip, like if if mm-hmm. a deal is gonna happen. Like from the first, I swear to God, from the first message, I could tell. And Correct. no, no disrespect to anybody, but if you send me a DM that says, "Yo, we're probably not gonna get a deal done." Correct. <laughs> You know what I mean? That's just me. I just thought, okay, I, I know enough to not do it. And I can't respond. I don't respond because, like, here's the thing. Like, not just me, not just Troy. In the world of actually doing cards for a living, things are moving fast. You know what I mean? You can't afford. Correct. There's only so much time in the day. You got stuff to do. You can't afford to have 20 conversations going on at the same time. It's number, number, yes, no, PayPal sent, back and forth. You know what I mean? That's just what I, that's what I'm seeing. That's And then I could tell when someone's, like, they come to me correct and it's like, okay, this guy, we could work a deal. And it's like. Nobody's gonna get offended. The numbers are the numbers are the numbers, and that's what it is. But anyways, that's what I that's what I know. Yeah, that was my thing. I was like, you know, when people were just saying, "Hey," I would get so many messages. "Hey, are you interested? Hey, are you interested?" And I would literally say word for word, I would go, "Yep, for sure." What are you asking on it? And I would exactly. say word for word the same response. I'm like, I, let's just cut this out. Like, if someone thinks I'm an a hole, let's. I said it's not just saving me time; it's saving you time too. Um, right. It it just it just makes it a, a lot easier. And yeah, this is coming from the sake of uh, guys that are, I guess, doing this full time. You know what I mean? I understand if it's like collectors and just like talking shop a little bit. And there's a time and place for that. You know what I mean? So I'm not trying to say let's not do that. But I'm just saying in the time of business, I put a different hat on. You know what I mean? We Like, like not to set, you know, you got to keep it moving. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, it's funny. I was actually talking to um, a super cool guy. I was talking to my mom about this not too long ago. I think a lot of people who in like they they're not doing it full time. So a lot sure. of times when they message us, and I think especially the YouTube plays into that, it's like you're making a deal with, with your buddy down the street. Correct. You know what I mean? It Half the fun, and it's true. Sometimes I've, I've been in these spots too. Half the fun is kind of the negotiation, the back and forth, not flirting, but you know what I'm saying? Just like, oh yeah, man. The you dance, got, the song and dance. Yeah, you got any curry? Let me see what curry you got. And it's not about being as efficient as possible. It's like, oh wow, that's a crazy curry, man. I couldn't trade for that right now. What about any clay? You got any? and then it's you two are just kind of having fun going back and forth. Right. But I think right. sometimes people don't realize if you're dealing with someone who does this as a business, they just 
they would enjoy, I would enjoy, I would love to have a curry conversation with everyone, but you just don't really have time for that. You need the numbers. I would love to have that in person at a show. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's hard. Mm-hmm. It's hard when it's this back and forth, like the you know, yeah, like, like Twitter fingers. You know, I mean? it just gets really tough. Like I don't know. I don't want to sound like a, a jerk or anything, but that's just like the realities of trying to balance the the, the social aspect of of this thing that we're doing, mm-hmm. and then the business aspect of it. Because bills got to get paid every single day. You know what I mean? Correct. Yeah. And once again, you know, and th- there's not really any reason unless we like we t- some people just aren't going to know that because you haven't experienced it. It's not a business for you. So. Correct. Maybe, if anything, just spreading this awareness. And hey, once again, some people will probably think maybe we're jerks the way we're talking about yeah, this. Yeah. It's, it's all love. You know what I mean? It's all love. We're just trying to, I don't know, man. Like, I don't know. Because I think part of the huge, part of the aspiration of this hobby, too, is that may, I think a lot of the draw of it is, man, maybe it would be cool to do this for a living. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. then that's a part of the conversation that, you know, who would not like to have their hobby be a full time job? You know what I'm saying? So it's for yeah. us to give that kind of shed some light on, on how that works. I don't know. Maybe it's people take it the wrong way, but that's kind of like where we're coming. That's where I'm coming at it from anyways. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? I, I, I have a question for you. It's kind of yeah. like interesting. You mentioned that turning a hobby into a full time job. Sure. Um, do you like how often do you feel? Because sometimes people, everyone wants that. Right. But mm-hmm. um, at the end of the day, like. It's, it's still a job, and then sometimes yep. it can take some of that fun out of it. Um, yep. Do you, how often do you get, like, do you get burnt out on cards, or, like, do you ever have moments where it's like, oh, man, I don't even want to look at cardboard anymore? Knock on wood, never, never. Wow. I love it, man. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I will say this, like, this past month, I've been a little bit, um, I've been a little bit sick. It's been a, taking a while for me to recover from, like, a sickness I've had. My body was kind of failing me, and I do mm-hmm. believe I, I my, my, I was kind of burning it at both ends a little bit too much. You know, yep. my wife was telling me you got to take a break and all that stuff, but I didn't even notice it. Like I was sick and I was still streaming and still packing and still getting up. And like the thing with me, and I'm gonna just tell a hundred percent honestly, I don't want to sound boastful or anything. I, I don't, I love sports cards, but I love more the life that it, it is providing me right now. The days that it's providing yeah. me right now. You know what I mean? Like, I love that it's 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 you know yesterday i was busy busy packing streaming all day and now i get to hop on here and have have a, a podcast with you and it's considered work you know what i mean like mm-hmm. the way that my days are the freedom the flexibility and all i have to do is buy and sell cards and then film myself buying and selling cards <laughs> like i'm gonna ride this out until it it's until there's no more wheels you know what i mean like i'm just gonna have like so much fun with it i'm on this ride as long as it'll have me so that's how i feel about it right now and yeah, I'm, I'm feel like i always say it I'm putting in 80 hours a week, but it doesn't feel like 80 because it doesn't feel like work. Yeah, 100%. And I, and I, and I feel the same way. Like few and far, I don't think I've ever, I asked that question. I don't think I've ever had a moment where I'm just like, I hate sports cars or something like that. I, I just get burnt out on the work or, or feel a little drained sometimes. Um, but oh, yeah, exactly. Like as you, um, I think one of the hardest things is the good and the bad. Like you, like you mentioned, right? Like, but um, that you get to make your own schedule, but yep. the part that I'm never off, I'm never mm. off. You know what I mean? 100%. You're always react. You're always in- answering messages. You're always checking email. You're always doing something. So it's like, the, it's it's a blessing. It's the biggest blessing in the world that if tomorrow at eleven o'clock I'm like, I want to make a, a pizza. I want to learn how to make <laughs> a truffle pizza today. I could just go do it. You know what I mean? Or I want to. Yeah. Or I, I would be like, I want to go to Disneyland on Wednesday. I could. I, I could just do it, you know, yeah. but at the same time, like I'll get burnt out because I'm like, wow, I haven't I haven't turned off in yeah. in two months. You know what I mean? It's just like I'm just go, go. And that'll that'll weigh on you. So I think one thing yeah. I still haven't really figured it out, but I'm going to try to kind of set aside 
time, excuse me, where I'm just like, all right, you're not doing anything right now. You can just literally just sit and be in the moment. That's why I try to take vacations a lot. I love to travel because then it's like you're forced to, especially if like when I go overseas, I don't get the phone playing nothing. I don't even want Mm. the ability to check my email. If I'm walking around, I can't look at anything. So that's why I really like travel. Um, It it helps me kind of reset. But yeah, that's that's the balance of like never being able to fully turn off, you know. It's like uh, it's like I always say, if if uh, if Seven Eleven's open for business, and so are we. There's always something Correct. to do. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. But I, I'll I'll say this though, for everybody that I know that does this full time, I've never met anyone that's a part timer. It's like, yeah, you know, I show up every now and again. Uh, you know, I do this. Like I talk to card shop owners. I talk to other flippers, other dealers. Everybody's like overtime. But again, everybody loves it. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I don't know. It's a balance that's- we got to find. Yeah, I mean, it's I, I, it's a hobby and it's like it's cardboard and stuff, but it is. It's a small business at the end of the day, and it's the same thing as any small business owner. Um, yep. You're you're gonna have to put the hours in, especially at the beginning. Especially at the beginning, that's gonna be a big thing. But having that 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 freedom, you can't really put a price on it. Hundred um, percent. And and that's I'm sorry, I'm gonna interject real quick. And that's one thing like I, I've always really messed with about you is like you've kind of like manifested and, and and spoken loudly about kind of like being your own boss and the struggles you kind of went through with um with you know like applying to jobs and it not going how you wanted to um and then just really just being like you know what i'm gonna you speak loudly i'm gonna make it i'm gonna do my own thing i'm doing way better than i could have been working with you like i've always really rocked with that and it's really inspirational i'm sure it is to a lot of other people as well I've, I've, I'm gonna take it a step further too. I'm gonna prove them wrong. Like that's how I feel about it. Yep. I mean, I'm sure you, you're an athlete. You're, you're competitive like that. So I'm just like, man, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna prove them wrong. Like you know what I mean? I, I just, you just need that bulletin board material to get me like, all right, why would I, like after this, like what, what should I do? Chill or should I edit the next YouTube video? What would the guy that's pissed off do? He's gonna edit the next YouTube video. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like that's kind of like how I attack things, like mentally. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's it's funny you mentioned that too about being an athlete because it's weird like. When I was an athlete, I had like no ego. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I, I, I didn't have, I had a little bit of that prove you wrong mentality, yeah. but it wasn't the same type, type of thing because I knew I was limited in what I could do. You know, I would look at them like, I'm not LeBron. I can't, I'm, I'm not the tallest. I can't jump very tall. But it's interesting in kind of like the business world um, and, and cards and YouTube and everything, I have like, Brian will give me a hard time. Like I have this really crazy like self-belief because I know mm. that there's not really a limit. YouTube and business is not, I mean, obviously there's there's benefits, parents, money, all this kind of stuff. But in general, like, you know, like YouTube for sure, you can do whatever you want really. You can really mm-hmm. go take it as far as you want it to. Um, and that's what really, that's why I'll, I'll look at certain things or it's like, you know, I'll get tripped up, certain people getting this or this spon- sponsorship. And I, I have no doubt in my mind, I'm like, no. I'm, I'm moving past it. I'm not even going to be worried about that. I know two years from now, I'm going to be here, all this kind of stuff. And I really like that. That belief is so, so, so important. I love that. I love that. Um, and also one thing, this is kind of like a, a an overarching theme that I wanted to talk on that I've been really like thinking about lately is that companies, they're moving away or people, consumers, I feel like they're moving away from aligning themselves with companies with logos with brands and they're more closely aligning themselves to people to individuals Mm -hmm. you know what i mean in a sense of like i mean lack of a better term like influencers like you know what i mean like they're rocking with them a lot more and i think like companies they're they're realizing that and they're reaching out to 
people, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Which is like the benefit that happens when you are creating content because you're quote unquote, for the lack of a better term, building your brand, you know what I mean? And then I guess that's kind of like my message to all the young kids that are coming up now is that, I don't know, the, 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 the ways of before were like going to college, like learning a trade, getting a nine to five because it's safe. Like it's a different world now with the advent of social media, the TikTokification of like social media and all that. Like people are making like real money doing the social media thing. You know what I'm saying? So it's, I don't know. It, it's, it's crazy, man. I, and I think about that all the time because I'm like, oh, we're just in our little bubble. But I'm like, wow, like uh, it, there'll be certain days where it's like, and once again, it's not a flex. Like I don't make crazy money, but it's like there'll be certain days I'm like, dang, I made a hundred bucks today from affiliate links, like just from someone yeah. cl clicking on my on my little link. I'm like, that's crazy. And then it's like, I'll, I'll do that. And then I sold one card and I made yeah. like $300 profit. I'm like, boom, 400 bucks for nothing. Right. Right. And then if you and if you really want to grind, you could pair that with there's so much stuff you can do online in terms of like, you can do like copywriting, you could do task rabbit, you could do basically, yep. long story short, the internet is so powerful. Forget sports yep. cards, forget YouTube. You can make money doing all these crazy little things. I saw something the other day. Speaking of affiliate links, you can be an Amazon reviewer and you just post mm. like videos, like really short videos. You literally take your phone and you like, all right, this this laptop right here, it's blah, blah, blah. And then you get a commission of people. If they like click on your review, then they buy it. You get a little percentage. And there's people making absurd amounts of money doing that. Dude, I've, I got that. It's funny you mentioned that. I got an email like that on my <laughs> to, to try that out. Uh, like someone yeah. reach, actually reaching out. I'm, I'm sure it was like a mass produced email and like templated. Yeah. But I was like, damn, I might have to respond to that one, see what that one's about. Because that's a real thing. Also, yeah. like TikTok. I don't know if you're on TikTok and seeing what they're doing there with like, mm -hmm. uh, you know, share, rat, ad sharing with like uh, uh, influencers. You know what I mean? So mm -hmm. essentially, people are making like $10,000. All I have to do is like, like i don't know promote this microphone or whatever like damn i really like this microphone yeah. this this is really great for for me and troy's podcast you know what i mean then all of a sudden this company whoever this is starts paying me a commission out of that people are making real bank it's pretty wild for sure the barriers to entry are so much like lower now you can do whatever you want like that's the great thing about youtube and like before it's like oh if you want a tv show someone has to say yes sure. to you but yeah. now like even not even just being in it if you're tiktok for the most part if your TikTok is captivating, you could have one follower, it'll go viral. You know, like that's so right, yeah. that's so yeah. powerful. Like you can whether it's at the YouTube, the content space, or just once like 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 I was talking about TaskRabbit, man. Like if you just like I want to be a carpenter and I'm gonna make my own hours, like I was I was looking at TaskRabbit. I just look at random stuff. Bill, yeah, like yeah. I make 10k a month mounting TVs. I'm like, yeah. that is incredible, and I believe it. I 100% yeah. <laughs> believe it. And that's only because of the internet. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, you can do it's anything. So, it's so wild. Um, like, because I, I, so before I was a content or, or sports card, doing sports yeah. cards, I was uh, making video, I was in video production. You know what I mean? And I remember mm. there was like a, a little influx in my life. Man, should I have went to film school? Or am I good with what I'm doing right now? Because everything that I picked up and I learned from video production, editing and all that stuff, I learned on YouTube. I just put took yeah. my credit card out, went out and bought a Canon 5D, and then learned everything that I could learn. You know what I mean? And then parlayed that into a, 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 a six-figure career at a company, you know, what I mean? at a corporation mm -hmm. to do their videos, and then another one. You know what I mean? And all, and I didn't even go to school for it. All I did was just teach myself. You know what I'm saying? So like yep. the avenues now for people to learn whatever it is they want to do, 
I mean, like you said, the barrier for entry is like super low. The barrier entry is so low right now. My previous job has become obsolete. My previous job of video production. Oh, wow. You know what I mean? Like, why would you pay X amount of money for someone when there's a kid that could do it for, you know, on Fiverr? You know what I mean? Or the marketing guy can learn how to do it himself. You know what I'm saying? That's how fast things are moving. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's it's crazy. I was thinking about that today. And now I'm really giving away way too much a game. But if you're uh -oh. if you're 48 minutes in, you deserve it. But it's like, <laughs> yeah. I think about, so like, I went to Dallas. I hired a videographer on uh, Upwork, yeah. and it was just yeah. perfect. I didn't pay him like crazy. It was a fair wage, but not a lot. Yeah, yeah. He showed up. He filmed it. Then I sent the I sent the footage away to an editor in um, Austria, and then Damn. I got my that I have a thumbnail guy in in Morocco, and then Damn. I have a I have someone doing shorts in Argentina, and I was Damn. thinking about it. I'm like imagine like before i would have had to have a full-time videographer yeah someone yep. full-time on my shorts i basically like it feels like i have these people full-time because whatever needs to get done like it gets done i'm like wow this would like i would have like five people on this would be like a i would be paying like 400k a year in salary Correct. for the stuff you can get now because of the interconnectedness of the internet in these different countries and all this other different stuff i'm like that's incredible like and also the exchange um, rate between us to those other yep. countries or yeah, like how much 100%. the cost of living is over there. You know what I mean? And, and there's a, and there's a greater conversation to be had on, you know, equity and, and not taking advantage of outsourcing and all that stuff. And I, and I understand that, but more so just for the purposes of this conversation, but at the same time, like a lot of that is life changing for these other countries. And I don't mean to yeah. no, now we're wading into the political hour, which I'm not no, really no, sure no, we no. want to do, but you yeah. know what I'm saying? Like it, it's in general, I will say that, being able to connect with people from all over the world using the internet and allowing both of you guys to make money or even just, yep. hey, to make it more wholesome. Talk about cards, right? Like I connect with people in the UK. I, I saw you showing the UK a little love. Yep. We're in completely different places. We never would have met even 20 years ago. And now we're like best friends because of cards and the internet. That's crazy. No, I had a couple of my videos were um, edited by this team in Brazil, and they did amazing work. And then they kind of fell yeah. off the map, and I'm been, I've been looking for them ever since. So, Brazil yeah. guys, if you're out there, mm. please shoot me a message. You guys did amazing work. <laughs> <laughs> um, get back to the sports cars. Let me ask you, um, what have you seen in the hobby from? Because uh, you've been here since 16, 17. What have you seen uh, from 2020, five years from five years ago to now? What have you seen? Mm. Um. I mean, so much change, so yeah. much change. I would say the biggest thing I've kind of thought about, I don't know if this is the best answer to the question, but what works is always changing, right? Mm. Like, I think we might've had this conversation before, but I think a lot about some of the, maybe the advice I gave back in 2020, when I like, and I would say, oh, okay, buy this prism base. And I'm like, oh mm -hmm. man, that was like so stupid. Why did I say yep. that? Like, that's so, but it's like, no, actually at the time that was the right advice. Because right. I remember like I would buy, I was buying Brandon Ingram patch autos to flip, but there wasn't comps every day. So no one would buy mine versus the people mm -hmm. who just bought his prism based PSA 10. It was the people were going off comps. You could have flipped that easy, make money. Right. You're done. Um, like that was really the best investment vehicle just because everything was going up. You want something that people can see the prices went up and you just get out of it. Um, yeah. So I would say that's the biggest thing. It's changing. It's always changing what works how you can make money, what people want. Um, obviously prices have come down a lot. Um, a lot of people have left, but I don't know the interest in it. This Dallas card show was crazy, man. 
Really? There was so many people. That was the best one I've been to since I went in like 2021 or whatever, whenever we were wow. allowed to go again. Were you um, at the last one in uh, the one before this one? I don't think so. Okay. Because conversely, I, I heard so. that one was the worst. Yes. But it might, it might have been a holiday that. thing, but I don't know. That's what I heard. I, I did hear that. But this okay. one was this one was popping, man. Um, that's, a, that's a good sign. But yeah, I, I don't know. I don't. I mean, what's changed? Like everything's changed, right? Like as soccer has gone through so many different peaks and valleys. Like grading has changed. That's that's a crazy yeah. one I've noticed now. Like before, it was like I remember once again talking about bad advice I gave. I had like a PSA. I had like a forty-five dollar slab theory, but it was yeah. true. If something yeah. was in a slab and it wasn't yep. a complete piece of garbage card, it was worth forty-five bucks minimum. Yep. So I was saying like I would just buy these ten-dollar cards. I'm like. Worst case, it's worth 45, guys. And it was true. It was true at the time. And then I never spoke this out loud, but it was basically like $150 PSA 10 slap theory. Before, if it was like, if it's numbered and it's not a garbage player, that's 150. Gotta be. And then now, that's not the case anymore. Like, I'll always be shocked. I'm like, really? Curry PSA 10? It's not base and it's 40 bucks? No way. Like it's just <laughs> yeah. things, things. It's funny because I sold a few of those last night. I sold a few of those exact cards last night. I sold a yeah. um, a Duncan Robinson mosaic green PSA nine for three dollars. So wow, that goes to sh- and, and again, like you said, like back in the day, like that card is at least is at least like over ten bucks, at least fifteen bucks. You know what I mean? But oh, for sure. Know. No, I remember I was buying the Duncan Robinson rookies when he was like, granted, he was a little hotter back then. But no, those PSA nines were like $50 cards, mosaics. Yeah. PSA nine, and, like and pink camera. Do you're, you're, you're 100% true. It's what I've seen is like, it's there's like a six month cycle. Like seem, it seems to me like something, it, it seems like the way it is now is going to be that way for a while. And all of a sudden six months, it shifts into something else. Like for me mm-hmm. right now, I'm seeing like a like I think repacks like I think repacks is like a super hot thing right now and I wonder how long that shelf life or how long that lifespan is going to be because it's always it's always flipping always turning over you know what I mean yeah once again this is we're kind of talking we've 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 gone all over the place and we're talking about this is probably only applicable to like a pretty small percent of people but I do worry about the repack people maybe not worry but I'm just like it's interesting how your entire business is in the hands is relying upon one person, correct? One person, that's correct. Yes, and and I've always thought I'm like, once again, no hate. Those people make crazy money. Go make your repack they make money, money. Man. you got it. Yeah. Um, but I was like, I would not really like because if the repacks, like if for whatever reason it just goes to seventy percent or whatever changes, you're just completely done. I'm sure or you they just stop buying in general. Yeah. You know. Yeah. 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 Um. I don't know. It's it's interesting. Uh, I, the repack game is something else. <laughs> it's fun though. I mean, like, yeah. It's it's. I don't know. It's propping. It's propping a lot of the singles market up. I think me and Tommy were talking about it. It's propping a lot of the singles market up, like kabooms and 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 uh, downtowns and all that. That's the stuff in the, in the patch auto. That's the stuff people are looking for. I, it's keeping. I was even thinking. Like I was thinking even even on eBay, because I think about mm. it like the curries, right? I'm like. I sometimes I get worried, like, oh, sending this to auction. But I was thinking about it today. I was like, there's a floor, though. A repacker won't even yeah. care there's a comp out there. If there's a Curry yeah. PSA 10, silver, whatever, they're not going to yeah. let it go below below 30. They'll go and buy it because yeah. then they'll use it for something. 
it's funny because I see the some of the same names all the time buying off of my yeah. eBay, like when the auction closes. I'm like, oh, that's I know exactly where that's going. I know where that one's yeah. going too. You know what I mean? Which is good. It yeah. is what it is. But that, I think that's where it's become smart to adapt, right? So I know not you know what to buy at what certain price point because I know it will like you said there will be a floor. You know what I mean? But at the same mm. time, if if all if they're all the, they're picking up certain type of cars as in the repackers, that means there's stuff that they're not picking up that people still do. True. There's a market for, you know what I mean? So I don't know. It's all about staying nimble, staying agile because things are going to shift like, I don't know, on a monthly yeah. basis, three month basis. I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see what happens with slabs though. Now that PSA is at $15, like I don't know how long it'll stay and they're pumping it out so fast. Yeah. Like now, once What's that it, turnaround the ship- on, on the $15, what, what has that been? Guess it was just um, it was like thirteen days for me. Damn, really? It was I like crazy. That. I'm gonna have to I like stop. That. I, I want to see the exact. It was absurd, man. I'm gonna look oh, at yeah, this right we're, now. We're back. To, we're back. This is a. I, I have this theory uh, that uh, you know there was a junk wax era in the '90s, and we've already been there. But I, we're, now we're gonna be heavy in the junk slab era. Um, oh yeah. I think like you know how in like five years ago you go to garage sale you see boxes and boxes of like raw cards and like not even top loaded, not even sleeve. I think in like you know those I always I always make a joke like man this like PSA nine this is gonna be there's gonna be a stack of these in a garage sale like ten years from now and you're just gonna be able to buy them for like whatever you know what I mean? Yeah, it's it's crazy, man. So I just looked at it right here. It was my order arrived at PSA. This is a fifteen dollars at January fifth. Yep, and it completed on January nineteenth. I think I got my grades on like the sixteenth, like eleven. It arrived. I got my grades eleven days later. That's eleven, crazy. not not business days, just regular. Um, but yeah, wow. it's not. This isn't like you said. This isn't a bold prediction at all. But I, I have like now. It's like a fifteen dollars slab theory. If it's like um, Jalen Duran, like a random basketball yeah. player, I'm like, oh, it's a numbered prism rookie PSA nine. It'll go for something. It'll get me fifteen twenty bucks. I yeah. think pretty soon here it's gonna be like you're gonna see that for like two bucks, like of yeah. relevant players, yep. not just because yep. Jalen Duran isn't relevant anymore, but it's like their new stuff coming out of Prism. It's yep. just gonna be worth like nothing. Yeah, um, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna start getting blown up with a lot of DMs of like stacks and stacks of slabs, and people are gonna be wanting like eight, nine, ten a slab. I'm like, bro, I can't even get that. Yeah, three dollars on a Duncan, man. Three dollars on a Duncan, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. It's. The supply is just it's it's growing and it's growing so much and I and I I hate coming on here and being like pessimistic at all. People will be fine. I love but it. It's just <laughs> I love. I mean, Brian talked about it. He's the optimist. I'm the pessimist. Yes, he's because when he's things very get worse, optimistic. Hey, when things get worse, I do better. So let's go. <laughs> let's let's keep let's keep it going. Uh, you got a hard yeah. stop, or can we keep going? Let's keep going, man. I, okay. I love it. Let's keep going. I wanted to ask. Speaking of growing the hobby. There's been a lot of talk about 10xing the hobby. Can the hobby yes. 10x? How does it 10x? Oh, you're asking me. Oh, I'm asking uh, you. Yeah, yeah. I think. Um, I mean, this is kind of like it. It has to. It's all about that mainstream crossover mm-hmm. and how you get those. Like we were talking about. I was actually uh, shout out shout out to whatnot. They they got a free plug. It's it's on your channel, so they're getting a free plug. Um, <laughs> but they uh, I was I was talking to one of the guys over there and he was saying like, "Oh, you know, I showed my buddy your video. He doesn't really he's not really into sports cards, but I saw you did a, a Chet Holmgren deal and and he, he saw it and he thought that was cool." And yeah. how we 10x the hobby is we have to get his buddy to want to mm. buy that Chet Holmgren card. 
It's the people he's like, oh, yeah, he's into sports betting and he kind of heard of it, but he's not really into it. So, like, how do you get those people who are kind of on the periphery who wouldn't traditionally be sports card people to to interact with it? You got it's not about making Keen and Troy buy more sports cards or um, optimizing breaks so Johnny can spend 150 instead of 100 or any of these kind of like little things where we just kind of wiggle the people who are already in it. (laughs) We got to get the mainstream people in or ideally I'm not this is way easier said than done but like you know someone's uh, why am I talking (laughs) someone's daughter to buy a Taylor Swift card. You know what I mean? Mm, like that's mm-hmm. that's that's how you have to do it. You have to get those people, those people who wouldn't traditionally be into sports cards, to interact with it on a casual. You need we need a lot of casuals. We need a lot of casuals yeah. to get into it. A lot and, and on a more emotional basis too. Speaking of which, have you seen the uh, that commercial that played at halftime, the Bowman commercial, the Tops Bowman? I did see that. That was sick. <sighs> that, that that is one way to ten x the hobby well, right there. Yeah, like, I mean. You know what I mean? Yeah, they they talked about it. This thing's never been marketed before. That's crazy. That I think I they even think used that. The, that makes sense. They I think they even used the rules, uh, the words like that is like financially irresponsible, or like there should be like some sort of like <laughs> punishment for that. It's true. It's crazy that that's never been done. So the type of stuff they're doing is like that's that's what they're going to need to do. You know, seeing it in in uh in the warrior store which they already have like little slabs and stuff in there yep. like that's that's important um and i think it will it's interesting someone talked about how sports betting is kind of bleeding into everyday life which once again is a is a different discussion but like mm-hmm. i i think that kind of that stuff will will get more into the mainstream and that would be huge so once again i don't know how you do it it's much easier said than done but get those people who are interested in sports or interested in pop culture just getting a casual pack here and there um, and interacting with it. Yeah. Yeah. Getting, getting it emotionally attached to the items for sure. Um, like, cause I think, I mean, what, what is it that the casual really would collect of, uh, of, of, of an athlete, right? It's pretty much, they just go to the fanatic store and buy a Brock Purdy Jersey, right? Like, you know what I mean? Like other yeah. than that, you, you get like, unless you have a man cave where you buy like a signed, like Steve Young autographed football or something, I think you got to make, find a way to get that, and bring it into like you know sports sports card like form you know what i'm saying like tangible yeah. like that i will say the one thing i've thought about though is like i don't know if everyone like my friends right like who aren't in sports cards i don't think they would necessarily enjoy like flipping or like chasing prospects or any of the new stuff but one thing i've thought a lot about is like i think anyone who got a card of a random player from their childhood who they really connected with like i mean warriors like if you're like a mikel pietras fan like i have some yeah. some uh, friends who like loved a donald foil or mikel pietras or these random players if you give them like one of their rookie cards every one of them is like wow this is sick you know yeah. it makes yeah. them so it takes them back so i think yep. that nostalgia is huge i wish more people got we could expose more people to that because every single one of them would get so happy if they got something like that. That's a great take, too. Because then people ask what my PC is. And it's funny yeah. that you mention it. It's, I don't know if I ever tell you the story, but it's, I have an Adonal Foil autograph card in my PC. Oh, no way. Did I didn't I ever know tell that. You about wow, that? look at it. You didn't. I <laughs> pulled that out right there. Yeah. I got to tell you the story about it. Maybe we could document this for, for, um, for, uh, for the podcast. But <clears throat> Adonal Foil, mm. 
still in his playing days, came into a place where I was working and uh, at a cafe. And then I, um, I said, oh, shit, that's Adonifo right there. You know what I mean? Adonifo, Adonifo. I'll go up to him and I get it. You yeah. know, I, I don't have a, a index card or anything. So I, I pull some receipt paper out. I grab a marker. I say, Mr. Foyle, could you please sign this for me? You know what I mean? And he signs it, right? And then he gives it back yeah. to me. I'm like, all right, cool. I got an Adonifo autograph. And then I take it home, hang it on my wall, super proud of it. And then it slowly starts to fade over like the coming days. And I realized yeah. that. I gave him receipt paper and the pen that I gave him was a hundred dollar bill pen. So over time oh. it was just going to fade. And then yeah. after like a week, it, I just had a blank receipt paper on my wall. <laughs> so first bit of money I got when I got in this hobby, I went out and bought the rarest Adonis foil autograph card that I could get. And now it's just sitting in my PC. That's awesome, man. Yeah. And you can't, <laughs> you, you can't put like a, a, a price on that. And I think yeah. also that that's what I would recommend to people. I actually I'm, I'm making a video right now about building like a $500 sports card collection. And yeah. I bought um, Matt Leiner was my favorite player growing up. USC quarterback. I got his game used USC patch $3. And then Randolph Childress, who was my coach at Wake Forest. I found one of his on card rookie autographs in a dollar box for $1. And that's I was dope. like, man, like, obviously things are down. But like, and then I got a I got a Joe Montana rookie card, Topps rookie card for for Jeez. fifty bucks, and I was Jeez. like, dang, like that's sick. Like things are down, but you could actually, and that was the purpose of the video. You could build a crazy collection for five hundred dollars versus right. buying like I think people spend five hundred bucks on like Legos or whatever, which sure. is fine if that's your thing. But like, I think you would actually get objectively a ton of joy from those sports cards for 500 bucks, not even thinking about profit. Now even forget 500 bucks, like I'm saying, just going to that card show and spending $20 like I did. That's the yep. price of a movie. That's the price yep. of a drink at a bar. Do that, yep. go and do that with your kid. You spend 10 bucks on your PC or 20 bucks on your PC, then you spend 20 bucks on theirs. Like that's something I think we should, I, I wanna share with more people because I think it is just awesome. And and the thing about that that Lana Carter your you know your your coach yeah. his his rookie auto, it's essentially priceless to you and it's worthless Correct. to anyone else. Mm -hmm. But isn't that the beautiful thing about collecting? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And I'm seeing a lot more of that. It's actually I get really happy now, especially when I sell soccer cards because it'll be a random dude from Ukraine or Poland, right? I'm like I know for a fact the person who's buying this isn't flipping it. They're not investing. Correct. They're not grading it. Like when I see someone buy, it would be the equivalent of people who don't follow soccer. It's like you sell a, like a, like a Zaza Pachulia card or something like that. Like selling that kind of stuff makes me happy because I'm like, wow, yeah. whoever's getting this, it is going to make them happy when they got it. Because they just really, they appreciate this card when I know a lot of other people wouldn't, you know. 100%. That, that's the definition of a PC right there. Not just like money or like, oh, this one's worth the most. This is in my PC. Like people ask me like, like what's in my PC? And it's like. You know, you, back then I would say, you know, Jordan this, Jordan that, Jordan rookie this, but it's like yeah. that's not that's not irreplaceable. You know what I mean? Like you can those mm -hmm. are a dime a dozen. Like I'll get those. We could get those like all the time. You know what I mean? But these like rare things that come across, like um, uh, a Jordan a Jordan card, like the one where he's like dunking on Patrick Ewing. I forget. What, it's like a state top yeah. stadium club. Like I remember pulling that out of a pack when I was younger, and then that ended up being like a ten dollar card according to the Beckett book at that time. You know what I mean? And then I thought mm -hmm. I was I was a millionaire at the time. You know what I mean? Like ten dollars. Yeah. Like, oh damn, let me trade this in for some money. You know? But uh, now every time I see that card, it's like, oh, I gotta pick this one up. Like this is like the first like real money I thought that I got when I was young. You know what I mean? So things like that. Yeah, hundred percent. I had the same thing. I pulled like an Allen Iverson card, looked it up in the in the Beckett book, and I was just like, yeah. oh my god, I'm. 
I'm rich. Yeah. And it's funny, it's funny too, because, you know, I, I think about it now, like, uh, oh, Brian, Brian's not going to like this part, but like, sometimes I think about like, man, cause a lot of people, if you're going to, if you're entering breaks just to have fun, like go for it, do whatever sure. you want. Like, but I'm like, wow, there's a lot of people who enter breaks legitimately thinking they're going to get rich doing mm -hmm. it. And mm -hmm. I'm always like, how do you like, how does that enter your, like, I just can't imagine thinking like that. But yeah. I mean, especially if you're younger, because that was my point, I would watch these YouTube breaks and then I'd be like, man, I just need to pick the right box. I'm going right, to yeah. I'm gonna be, I'm right. going to own a mansion. I just need to pick the right box. I remember I like <laughs> looked up like pack searching back then. You could yeah. like feel for like the patch card or something. I'm like, uh, infinite money. This is the infinite, yeah, money, infinite money glitch. Money glitch. Mom, I, <laughs> mom, you don't got to work anymore. Don't worry. I got this. I'm going to open some packs. Um, so I guess I do kind of understand, but yeah, as kids, like the stuff I was thinking about sports cards, is just crazy. Yeah. All right. Let, let's, uh, let's close it out here with some rapid fire. Are you ready? Yep. I'm ready. All right. So this is not a quick question, but I just want to ask you, are you the best card collector slash basketball player in the world? You know what? I'm not going to answer this one because I'm playing in the culture collision three on three basketball tournament. And one, there week. you go. Who's on who your teammates? Um, Roth Cards. Okay. And two other mighty fine gentlemen who are not coming to mind right now. Um, <laughs> um, so I'm very excited to play with them. Um, but yeah, so there's the four of us. Grand prize is five thousand dollars. So hey, Jeez. we're gonna film it, and then and then you can decide. That's all. I'm, I'll I'm, say. I'm glad they finally brought you into the fold. How, how did that come about? Did you hit up Roth? Hit up you? Was there a draft? Was there a, a sports card? Well, card okay. Card? Here's here's what I'll say, and what I'm not in the fold for. And and shout out, I just actually talked to the guys for the first time, so maybe it's coming next year. But I'm still not. I'm not a card star, man. I'm not. Oh, not I'm a not card a card star. star. I'm not a card star. I'm just a humble. I'm just a humble guy playing in just the three on three. I'm not in the. I'm not in the big game. I'm just playing oh. my trade in the minors right now. Yeah. So, don't well, don't they know what happened be. to you at North Carolina? Yeah, right. <laughs> um, no, but yeah, I, I think it was actually, uh, you know, John Wee, center stage? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. So he played on that team last year, and then he was like, yo, play with me in the three-on-three -three tournament this year. And I think Roth was on his team and stuff like that. So I just got hooked up with that. So it's not going to be the big time, but it's, it's this criminal. is going to be more... It, it, Bro, it's criminal. It's criminal. They're not I, putting you in the in the card star game. Don't they know you're the biggest card star of them all? And they don't want to see you put up a quintuple double on some uh, on, uh, on the rest uh, of the civilian population. I'm gonna keep it chill because I'm hoping. I'm just happy to be at the show, and I hope to be there last next year. So I'm gonna keep it chill. But um, right, I'll, I will I'll, say I'll I, talk for you, bro. I'll talk okay, for you. Okay, I appreciate. It. I think the, I think the three on three is gonna be more competitive, anyways. So um, that's cool. If you want to, if we want to see the skill level, I think that'll show it. Guys, I'm going to go ahead and say it. Troy is the best bas card collector slash basketball player in the world with the defining thing that the card collector has to be have sold more than 20 cards in your life. Because then, like, LeBron could collect a card, and that doesn't count. Like, you have yeah, to I was going to say Giannis. Giannis collects yeah. a little bit, so I might be in trouble. Until Giannis sets up at the Westgate show, then he, he doesn't <laughs> count. You know what I mean? All right, so until I, until I see Giannis going through a dollar box, that shit don't <laughs> <Right>. count. <laughs> yeah, he's not he's not hungry. He's he's not driven, man. He doesn't have that mamba mentality. <laughs> yeah. Um. A next one, death row meal. Death row meal. Yeah. Oh man, this got depressing. Uh, <laughs> you know what that you know what that is though, right? Like your last. Yeah, meal, yeah. Like you get to choose whatever you want. Um, yeah, yeah. Just your best. Shit, meal. I would say, like a just a good ooh. 
pasta. It would be some sort of noodle. I would say I'm going a, I'm to a cheat like a pasta or like a good chicken chow mein. Those are my two favorites. Just like a good, good noodle. Good noodle. Nothing beats it. Rate Jollibee chicken on a scale of one to ten. Um, it's a good seven. It's Dang, a good seven. seven? It's a Wait, good what's, seven. what's above it? What's above it? I mean, I, I, I love Chick-fil-A. I know. I know. I love Chick-fil-A. Are you I Filipino? Love Popeyes. Are you actually Filipino? I'm, yeah, I'm half. I'm half. I'm oh, you half. are? Okay. okay. <laughs> I thought you just played it. I thought you played it. Because <laughs> now, now it's not adding up for me. You rated Jollibee Chicken at 10. I thought you were. I thought it's we were a little, the same. <laughs> it's, it's, very, it's very crispy. It's very, it's very, very crispy. crispy. It's very breaded. Um, yeah, I know. That's. <laughs> I should have just lied there. I should have yeah, just lied there. I'm, I'm not. I'm not showing love to my my Filipino. It's it's a seven, if I'm being honest. Uh, soccer cards or basketball cards? For what? Mm, to have your as a collect to to have hold for twenty years. Ooh, uh, soccer, soccer. Yeah, because oh, interesting. I, I I for twenty years I I believe very strongly in like Messi and it's just so rare, man, and it hasn't yeah. popped yet at all. Yeah. Like. Like I, I've, we're not gonna drag this thing out too long, but like, you look at like what rare like Tracy McGrady cards are doing. I think it'll be interesting. I think some of these like Messi and Ronaldo are already expensive, but I think yeah. there's a good chance some of these like, I don't even know like Chavi or like Lewandowski, like some of these guys who are like in that Tracy McGrady type of mold, like the really yeah. really rare stuff. One day you'll be like, damn, there's a comp at. 40 bucks and someone sold it for like 20k I, I, that right. wouldn't surprise me at all that wouldn't surprise More potential me potential upside right again i think 100%. i think that draws into building in bringing in that audience because soccer is the most popular if aliens came and saw what was going on hey what's the what what, what do you guys do for a pastime human civilization it's soccer you know, you know what i mean like that's and it's just yeah it's it's just so rare too right like some of these some of these stickers you know what i mean i'll, I'll i've said yep. it too it's also it's crazy how there's a whole country who could potentially want it, right? You pick a random country yeah. like Poland or something, right? Or that's even that's point. that's one of the biggest things. I'm sorry, I'm doing a lot of tangents, but like I was no, in go for the it. lift with a guy from Kenya actually going to the to the Dallas card show. He's like, Oh, I'm from Kenra, Kenya. I'm like, Oh, you know Wanyama? And he's just like a random soccer player who happens to be from Ken Kenya. He's not like a star or anything. He's like, Oh, you know Wanyama? How do you know Wanyama? Like the way that People take so much pride in the players from their country because there's not a lot of them, right? Like, you know, we have so many players from the Bay. We have so many players, more importantly, from America. Like, you don't feel like that's when the country only has one guy mm. who made it to the big time. There's so much pride there. So I think about one day, like a kid who grew up maybe in Kenya, who a Wenyama, you could probably get whoever the heck when you can get Wenyama is one of one for 10 bucks right now, or he might only have one rookie sticker. But 20 yeah. years from now, when that kid from Kenya has money and he thinks about like he'll pay anything for that card, or like that'll just give him so much pride. And I think with soccer specifically, that's yeah. huge because you'll have the whole country behind one player. There might only be one player who really has cards, and then he only has like one really nice card. Dude, this is a super high-level play because I remember Gary V mentioning this, that when you look at the greater like geopolitics, that Africa is growing so fast as a country that yeah. what do you – basically once the affluent people there get their money and, and they, you know get, mm -hmm. get what's theirs, they're going to want to collect their 
Hakeem Olajuwon's. They're going to want to collect their, you know what I mean? Like all that stuff. That's such a high level play. I like that. Um, yeah. w- one thing I was going to ask you before I forget in terms of vintage soccer cards, of course, you got Pele. Of course, you got Maradona. In mm. thinking that these things can pop, who are the other not, like, for example, like second tier, third tier vintage cards that could, you know, once Pele's become like super unaffordable and Maradona's do the same? Who's that next tier? Is it Cruyff? Is it Best? Like, who else could should we be looking out for? Yeah, Cruyff. I have a little bit of Cruyff. Um, Eusebio. Um, Zidane. Okay. I think um, maybe the original Ronaldo, like R9. R9, um, okay. I think some of those. I think it's also more so, if you're really smart, look at, figure out these pop reports and who doesn't have a lot. Because a couple mm. of these guys, like, for instance, Lewandowski. It's, this sounds like the Lewandowski pump, and I don't think he's even necessarily the guy you should probably go after. But his rookie sticker is from Poland. And actually, now that I say that, I think he actually has a lot of this particular rookie sticker. But for the purposes of the exercise... Some of these guys, their first, their debut was in a really, was in Belgium, really small country. So there might only be 10 of their stickers in the world, you know what I mean, type of thing. So it's like find someone and it's like, okay, they have one really desirable rookie and there's only like five, then long term hold that. Like that's the kind of, that's the one you want. As opposed to like, I love Messi and he's going to do well because he's the GOAT, but he actually has comparatively more rookie cards than some other people. You know, because he, he, I think he has like three or four sets from his rookie season in Spain. What is there? There's a, so there's a, the expensive one, the Mega Cracks, and then there's a champion, the, the champion, Barcelona champion one that has yep. like three. There's three. And then there's a, um, the Mundi Cromo. Mundi Cromo. Wow, this is good, man. Soccer action. I'm the only myself. And, and then there's another one where there's two of him on the same, where, no, one him and another yeah. person on that same card. Yeah, that's a, Mundi, that's a Mundi Cromo as well. But then there's okay. also an. Uh, Liga Este sticker. So he also has a sticker. And then I think he also has another sticker. Oh, the sticker. Yeah, the sticker goes yeah. for crazy expensive too. Yep. That's right. Yep. So obviously, once Damn. again, I'm not saying don't invest in Messi because you'll you'll do well with Messi, trust me. Sure. And I'm not yeah. the most knowledgeable on the vintage soccer. But I'm saying just for instance, I do know Zidane. I think his rookie sticker is very rare. But just look at like Ronaldo versus Zidane and figure out who kind of has the rare rookie card or only has one option. Like, yeah. figure that, that would be a good hold. Okay. Well, I guess this this next question you kind of answered already, but Messi or Ronaldo? Uh, Investment-wise, definitely, definitely Messi. Um, I loved watching Ronaldo play, though. I'll say that. Yeah. Who's who's better? Who's who's uh, who's who's on higher on the GOAT list? Well, I, I think you have to say that. I think you have to say Messi now with the World Cup. I, I I think you'd be hard pressed to find many people who who disagree with that now. And also, even just the way he's sustained, like yeah. Gotta be messy. How about Pele or Messi? It's just so hard to compare because Pele played what, like in the fifties. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yep. So I, I'm gonna I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Messi just because it's more recent. Kobe or LeBron? I mean, accomplishments. It's got to be LeBron, like in terms of like peak and stuff like that. I mean, I like Kobe better. I'm not a very big LeBron fan, but um, yeah. LeBron or MJ? Oh. I don't oh, who, LeBron. Uh, wow. Who'd you draft as, who, who would you draft as third on your card star uh three on three? Oh, uh, ooh, I don't Jordan did have that killer instinct. Oh, this is so hard. I feel like I should know this because this is like such a everyone gets asked this question. Yeah. I'm gonna uh I'm gonna say Jordan. Doesn't feel great. Nothing wrong with that. Jordan. But, but, 
that that one would uh, satisfy a lot more of the population. Yeah, it's so. a safer answer. I think I just kind of went a safer for the answer. safer answer there. Yeah. Uh, Sunday League investors or someone talk to Keen? Oh man, it's like choosing my favorite <laughs> child. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. Someone talk to Keen. Brian's, I mean, you're on the po- of, you're on the podcast, so maybe when you get on his I, I podcast, tried, you can. I hope he's zero percent chance. Also, zero percent chance he makes it to this because he would yeah, he never did, he, watch. I would watch it. an hour and twenty of his podcast. He would never yeah. watch an hour and twenty. He could never he won't focus make it. On he, it for that. He dropped so, off at at sixteen minutes for sure. Correct. So on the zero percent chance he is here, he's below you because I've been trying to film a video with him for like two weeks now, and he's always in Florida or something. So he's definitely bumped <laughs> down. All right. Uh, what's your holy grail piece? chase um i would I, I would say i probably i want messi and ronaldo mega cracks rookie both in psa mm. that would probably oh. if i could complete anything having those you ha- two you together. had you had a high grade one of messi i remember your video I have an eight, from back i have an eight i have an 8.5 i have an oh 8. you have 5. an 8.5 didn't you flip yeah. like a 9.5 or something like that back in the day i flip yeah i i flipped I bought one. I bought a PSA nine for two K and sold it for seven point five back Jeez, in the day. The good and that days, wasn't even man. that wasn't even the main one. That was the champion set that you were talking about. Oh, that's right. Which yeah. was crazy. Um, man. Um, piece of hobby advice for everyone out there. Buy what you buy what you love, man. No, um, <laughs> the cliche. I buy what I love, so I've never lost money ever. What can I say? Um, no, his piece of advice is always come with a number. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. No, I would say hobby advice. That would it would actually be kind of what I said earlier. Don't get so attached to comps, and that doesn't mean you get to make up whatever price you want, but use your brain a little bit. Like if you mm. kind of see a lot of times, especially with best offer comps, like I see people get caught up in that. They'll say, oh, it's, it's sold for 150, 120 is a deal. But think right. about it. Just be like, wait, why did this Tatum silver insert PSA 10 go for 150? That seems a little high. I don't know if I want right. this here at 110. You know what I mean? Versus yeah. also sometimes there'll be an auction comp and it's like $66. And I'm like, you know what? I I'd pay sixty here. That's fine with me. I, that seems a little low. I'll take my chances with this one. Kind of being able to move it at a hundred. You know what I mean? Type of deal. Yep. Like, don't get so fixated to. All right, the number says what the number says. I think a lot of that comes too with like the ink or the experience of moving through cards so many times over. You know what I mean? Correct. Um, one thing about the best offer I like to say too, because I said when I when it's time to move something, it's time to just auction it, and that way the highest bidder takes it. So it's hard yeah. for me to go off of an OBO comp because that's the price that's been decided on between two people, the buyer and the seller. Yeah. But I look at an auction price as almost like a true represent especially if there's multiple auctions in one obo right the auction price is the true comp for me and this goes whether i'm buying or whether i'm selling because the auction price has been determined by at least two three or more people you know what i mean well two or more people the two people bidding on it at least you know what i mean that's that's what Correct. i've come to uh, uh, learn and not to rant once again but especially with soccer cards because it's so specific and niche right if you're looking yeah. at a best offer comp and it's not messy holland mbappe jude be very careful because it is. the the one person who wanted that card already got went it. and bought it. So good That's luck moving your your one that you got. Correct. That's great advice right there. Um yeah. best oh how about a piece of life advice for everyone out there? 
Oh, wow. I love this. I want to do like a whole, <laughs> we, I, I, we're actually going to finish, but I would love one of these days. I want to do like 30 minute life advice. Um, <laughs> life advice. Um, life, life is all about balance. So mm. don't, don't be too much in the extremes of things. Like, especially with, with productivity, right? Like I see it with basketball. People like I saw, I think it was Mikey Williams who funny enough shot someone and almost went to jail, but he's like, I'm not going to prom. That's not going to help me get to the NBA. That's stupid. And, and Damian Lillard said the same thing. He said, go to prom, bro. That's not going to be the difference between you making it to the league or not. It's not all or nothing. It's more about being consistent. It's like, all right, you know what? Just the one I'm skipping the double workout for prom. It's going to be okay. Like I see people who are like with the new year, right? They're like, I'm going to the gym I, every day. I got to do this, this, and that. Just be, if you want to reach somewhere, it's more about consistency versus all out intensity, right? Like, mm. don't, don't be like with YouTube, right? People are like, I'm making a YouTube video. And for some people it works, but like, I'm making a YouTube video every day for this, for this month when I start and then they burn out, then they're done. Like with YouTube, if you just say, stay consistent and you're like, you know what? Maybe once, once every two weeks you make a video. But I promise if you just keep going, you're going to get a little bit better, a little bit better, and you're eventually going to get somewhere. So don't be like people are so locked in and then they're so out of it. And I see that with things all the time. It's like, no, nah, just keep that balance. Don't kill yourself going balls to the wall and then quit. Just be consistent with your grind and you can get to a crazy place. That's great advice. I want to add something while you because I just had this quote while I was uh, reading this, listening to this book, mm. Atomic Habits. They said, and it really stuck out to me. You don't rise to the level of your goals. You fall to the level of your systems. Correct. And that goes with for like, I mean, everything you just said right now. And that, and it's, I, it's when I heard that quote, I realized not that I have anything amazing right now, but mm -hmm. to get from flipping the one dollar cards, you know, to flipping this and, you know, YouTube followers, or whatever, it was systems and things just consistently in place every single day and not getting burnt out and going hard. Like you said, going hard and then taking a break. You know what I mean? That's not yeah. how you get that steady growth. So yeah. And I, your systems. And it's, it's funny you mentioned that. I, I love that book. That's one of that, that book changed my life. And one of the other mm -hmm. things they talked about that too, with having those systems and setting those goals. If you make a lot of people make their new year resolution, I'm going to go and even crazy. Like I'm going to run five miles every day. And that's how you start. And they're like, you're ne you'll never finish. You'll mm -hmm. never be able to do five, especially if you're starting from like a low point. They're like, make your make it specific and be like every just this would be my advice to someone if they want to work out. I'd be like every Tuesday and Thursday, I will show up to the gym at mm -hmm. one o'clock or whatever. Like I will go to the gym. Actually, I even like it better giving yourself more grace every Tuesday and Thursday. I will go to the gym and they talk about even if you just go and do 10 push ups and then you leave, you will eventually like. You'll just be there. You're like, oh, I'm here. Let me just do a little bit more. It's like if you just have that habit of going and you don't make the goal too ridiculous, like I'm going to go to the gym every single day and, and run five miles, you're going to in the end, you're going to be in a lot better place because you made it manageable, but you stuck to it. You stuck to it and you kept going. You'll get to a crazy place. That's great advice, my guy. I appreciate you. Thank you so much for taking time to do this, man. Promise me, promise me we'll do a part two eventually once we live a little bit more life and then we'll come back to it. Definitely, definitely. Sorry, I was definitely ranty. I was all over the place, but hopefully some people enjoyed this.
There you go. Uh, no, it's all good. We get ranty. That's what we do around here. We get ranty. <laughs> uh, where can they find you? What do you have coming up that everybody should know about? Um, Trike four one five sports cards on YouTube, uh, Instagram, all all the spots. Basically, you, you, if you put in Trike four one five, you should find it. Um, what do I have coming up? The the content is is leveling up in twenty twenty four. That's all I'll mm-hmm. say. If you, I like even just the videos that are coming out from Dallas you will really be uh, very happy with the quality of them. Tune in, and I think you'll be like, this is a really high-quality stuff he's putting out. Love it. Thank you so much, my guy. I appreciate you. Yep, appreciate you, man.